Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. Boys and girls, the Jets are six and three at the bye. We finally beat the division rival, Buffalo Bills. It feels good. We're heading into this bye week, flying high. I love it. I am yeah. here with my co-pilots. I've got Green Bean to my this way. I've got Mr. Matt O'Leary to my that way. Green Bean, how you doing tonight? Dude, you said it, man. We are six and three. Okay. We were supposed to be one and nine or oh and nine, one and eight, two and seven. We're six and three. We are two and one in our division with every reason to believe we're about to get revenge on the one loss and we're going to be three and one in the division soon. There's so many reasons to be excited. Guys, this is the first time since we've been hanging out that we can talk about beating the Buffalo Bills. And for that, I am grateful. I love it. Mr. Matt O'Leary, how are you doing tonight? Oh, what a difference a week makes. The season was over last time I saw you guys, man. What a <laughs> wild chain of events in a week, no? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been absolutely crazy. For those of you just hopping in the stream, make sure you hit that like button for every 25 likes we get on this video. We're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. And if you're watching this after the fact, all you got to do is leave a comment down below on the video and you'll get entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. And guys, in the live chat, I have a pinned question at the very top. It's not really a question because the statement is what you should do. Because it is election day, you should head over to the pinned comment that says, vote for sauce to get rookie of the week. It's the NFL.com Pepsi Rookie of the week, let's get him another ring. Jet fans taking care of their own. I love it. Buffalo Jet fan drops in. What's up, guy? Uh, he says three things. Love you all. Love you too, dude. I'm going to be reaching yeah, out man. to you soon because I've been meaning to. Um, <laughs> I sent a super chat in August saying the Jets would absolutely be playoff contenders to which all uh, you all shot down. LOL. Uh, three, let's fucking go Jets. So, yeah, I was. I would definitely not have said we were playoff uh, bound in the, the preseason. I would say if everything clicks, the Jets could have an outside shot of contending for a playoff spot. I did not think we would be 6-3 and three at this point. Like, the most optimistic part of me never thought this. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Buffalo's chat right here. I will absolutely eat crow on this one. I am happy to. More than happy to. I thought, look, if everything broke right, I thought, okay, maybe in our wildest dreams, 10-7. and seven. But uh, ten and seven seems very realistic. That's only four and four the rest of the way. So, what a world! Greenbean, what about you? How you feeling about uh, playoff contenders at I'm the start of the season? How, you you I'm, feeling kind of like um, eating a little crow with us? No, I'm gonna rewrite history, and I'm gonna say I never said anything of the sort, and uh, <laughs> I was the one telling Buffalo that we were oh. going to the playoffs. He was the one that said not a chance. So I just want to make sure everybody understands what really happened. Oh, I love that. I love that. Dude, I'm real <laughs> excited to be uh, winning some games here. So uh, like I said, Buffalo Bills lose to the New York Jets 17 to 20. 
the better team won on Sunday. It's got me oh, feeling yeah. good. Ugh. We rebound. Zach Wilson finishes the day 18 to 25, 154, and a touchdown. He did have the strip sack fumble uh, after the 12 minute sky cam delay. Let's talk about that for a second. 12 Dude. minute sky cam delay? That was like the friggin' Super Bowl with the page, uh, yeah. with the Ravens and the uh, 49ers. It, we were like clicking on all cylinders. We get all the way down there. And like, it's like, oh, sorry, they can't beat the Bills. Flip the switch off. Like, not cut someone cut the string. Wiley Coyote's sitting up there with a little pair of scissors from Acme, snipping that thing down. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And now it's like, what the hell? We come back out, immediately a pre-snap penalty. Then we get, uh, I believe it was the like seven-yard gain to Garrett Wilson, and then it was a run maybe to the outside, and then it was the strip sack fumble. So like everything like just unraveled real quick after that delay. Uh, Greenbean, what were your thoughts on the uh, Skycam delay? Uh, well, first, I want to just say Mike Koz in the chat. Yes, you get the joke. Thank you, Mike Koz. Uh, I think uh, it's nice to have you around, Mr. Koz. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was complete and utter horseshit. We had them on their heels. They were huffing and puffing. They were looking glazed over. They had not a chance in hell of stopping us. We were about to drive down, punch them square in the face, and get in the end zone. And they gave them, like you said, 12, I thought it was 15, but 12 minutes to rest, reset. The momentum shifted entirely the opposite way. Like you just said, that series ended up being a bunch of clams and uh sauce got a pick out of it so all's well that ends well but i liked that robert sala came out in his post-game presser and actually mentioned it and called it camera gate we overcame camera gate <laughs> or something along those lines so hey man he gets it we're not alone we're not just conspiratorial you know crazy people there was something up there man and sala knows it too yeah, it's like when he said, oh, it's only the Jets this happens to. It's like, it, that's what it feels like, right? Amen. Matt, how'd you feel about Cameragate? I said, this is going to kill the momentum. And it almost did. It did. Mm -hmm. After the strip sack, I said, you got to be kidding me. Because they were in, they were on a one, a phenomenal drive. They were just moving the ball. And they were going to get points. They were in the red zone. And then, thankfully, Sauce Gardner comes up with a massive interception. And that's when I started to feel like, okay, the Jets are really going to win this game because, you know, the Jets of old, they spiral after something like that. But mm -hmm. not these Jets. No, not at all. Uh, Brian Bogan says, Belichick in the shadows with a pair of scissors uh, with the candlestick in the ballroom with Colonel Mustard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys, in the live chat, we have a vote for the Rookie of the Week pinned comment in there. So if you want to vote for Sauce Gardner, let's get this dude another Rookie of the Week Click on that. I'll take you right to the page. You can vote as many times as you want. I feel like the NFL is going to have to change this because we're just going to spam every <laughs> jet person uh, that goes up there. But Sauce deserves it. I like it. Did you um, see that shit that the Jets put out on their social media? Completely <laughs> demeaning the impact of Jet fans. Did you guys see it? No. What was it? Talk to it me. It was Garrett Wilson. He's walking through the Jets oh, facility. Oh, yes, I did see that. I, I says, know exactly what you're talking about. want to know how we all win Rookie of the Week? And they said, what was his name, Bob or something, Joe? Joe yeah, it was just the Bob. one guy sitting there with, like, the clicking yeah. of the revote. Re <laughs> fucking bullshit, man. That's the one thing we're, we're, we're doing out here. That's us. We're doing yeah, that. Yeah, keep it under wraps. <laughs> 
You don't have to That's like right. say we're all spamming it. Come yeah. on, we know it, but you yeah. know, the rest of the NFL uh, could yeah, do it. We man. just have better fans. That's exactly right. That's what I say. Like, look, the NFL or whoever, Pepsi, whoever it is, they're the ones that choose the players that get put up there. And obviously they have to do something positive that week in order to be put up there. Mm. But once it's up there, it's fan base versus fan base. And we are literally undefeated. And I'll take it, man. That's a, it's a very, very uh, strong positive for our impact on the NFL and the Jets at large. Well, so it's it's a it's a double edged sword, right? Like people start knowing our players, we start getting all these accolades we're super pumped about, and then we have to pay these guys a shit ton of money yeah. because they've been Pepsi Player of the Week. <laughs> I, if you ask me, Pepsi Player of the Week means nothing. Johnny's Players of the Week now that means something. We got six ice cream cones now for Johnny. Love. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, he's the best. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, Chris V comes in and says, "Hit that like button for these dope gents. Let's go Jets." Thank you, Chris. Always appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so let's get into this game a little bit. Uh, let's jump off with Zach Wilson. 18 of 25, 72% completion percentage, 154 yards, one touchdown, one fumble. He did have two sacks. The one sack was the one we alluded to right after the uh, the stoppage of momentum. The second sack was a... Uh, a calculated move by Zach. It was, we were in field goal range. We weren't trying to make a mistake. They definitely told him beforehand, just fall to the ground. <laughs> like don't, don't risk a throw. Just get to the ground. If you're going to get pressured, and that's exactly what he did. So I, I kind of factor it in. as like one actual sack with even an asterisk on that one. Uh, but Matt, I want to hear your thoughts. How are you feeling about Zach Wilson last week versus Zach Wilson this week? And has the outlook changed uh, on Zach? Um, no, outlook hasn't changed because my outlook didn't change after last week's bad performance. I know it was tough, but, um, you know, these guys, they go up, uh, it's up and down, but what I did like from Zach Wilson this week, yes, these numbers are not going to pop off the page, but he was much more decisive. 72% completion. He was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He wasn't doing green beans favorite thing when he drops back forever and spins around sure. and does the do si swings his partner, you know, the whole deal. Uh, and he actually threw the ball away, and he got it out of bounds. So um, I was impressed with Zach Wilson. I, I wouldn't say it was a, oh, my God, that's the best game ever kind of performance, but I think he took a big step forward into looking like a more comfortable and confident quarterback. Greenbean, your thoughts on our quarterback? Isn't it hilarious? Like the week before he throws for 355 and two touchdowns, and he looks like complete shit. And then this week he throws for 150 yards and it, it, it was com just completely different. Like Matt saying, you know, it's like, it was all about the efficiency. It was, it was not making stupid mistakes. And, and that just shows you the impact of, uh, you know, turnovers in particular, of course, but all that erratic play, like what that does to the, to the whole game. It, it's really, it takes away any positives, man. Like, you know, again, the 355, two touchdowns, those interceptions removed it entirely, and we lost the game. In this game, all we needed Zach to do was get the ball out of his hands quickly. If you're going to run, run forward, okay? <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, then that's it. It's just like, don't make mistakes. Limit the mistakes. Get the ball to your playmakers uh, quickly. And uh, and and all will be well. The defense and special teams can take care of the rest. And we saw it. It was as if 
they finally heard us. Like the three step, boom, 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 boom. It was just like quick passes all over the place for the most part all day. Uh, and I thought it was amazing. I, I really did. And again, we don't need 300 yards. We need efficiency and we need low mistakes. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I did see this. Let me see if I could find it real quick. The Jets and Zach Wilson, uh, prior to this past game, Zach Wilson's average time from snap to... What? Oh, I thought I heard something. Sorry. Uh, I hear a train. I hear a train. <laughs> It's a train yeah. outside. I have. I live like oh. a few houses down from like a railroad. <laughs> it's oh not, my god! I know. Yeah, well, it's not too bad because it's not a uh, passenger one, so it's just like freight it comes by like this ish time, I guess. Uh, so the Jets and Zach Wilson had the aver highest average time to throw at three point two seconds. That's from snap to throw. This past week, we dropped that to two point three one seconds per throw. Uh, that's incredible. We dropped it almost an entire second. And when you think about a second worth of time from pass rushers keying in on your quarterback, you're making a decision. You are playing based on the script and also based on your instincts. Like, I want to see, boom, snap the ball, first read, second read, run, first read, second read, dump off, something like that. Uh, and then we also saw some some comments from uh, Zach Wilson as well, sort of in the Elijah Moore category that sort of alluded to um more not being put into the uh like the high reads like his first read or his second read and he's saying like oh it's you know the coach or it's the coaching staff you know i don't really make those calls and it seems like they're trying to get him to play within a certain um alleyway maybe uh and that might be good for us because we're not getting those whirly bird style running around things um but yeah, look, I, I really like this. I think snapping the ball faster and having the ability to to catch defenders off guard is incredible. And the Jets' defense and run game is so good that if we could just get into manageable downs and distance, distances consistently, this is going to be a really good friggin' team. Matt, your thoughts? I agree. I agree 100%. If the Jets get that version of Zach Wilson this past week, Every week, they're going to win a lot of football games because they don't need him to do a ton right now, and I think he's only going to get better with time. Um, they're not asking him to do a whole lot. The defense is phenomenal, and they, they are still running the ball very, very well without Brees Hall. I did a video earlier today where I pulled the clips of the, the final drive for the Jets, and what they were able to do in bullying the Buffalo Bills was just something out of 2009. It was awesome. It was incredible to watch that. They just ran it right down their throat. We're sitting there. We're like, they're going to run the ball right here. Buffalo knows they're going to run the ball right here. We are running the ball for like 20 yards right now. <laughs> like yeah, I had a right. clip just like running it down their throat. Like, I don't care what you say. We are going to get this ball across that first down marker. Uh, right now, the Jets, according to Pro Football Focus, are listed as the seventh total team in power rankings that's 30th on offense first on defense sixth on special teams according to dvoa uh, which is a much more accurate way of assessing your team's talent as it bases uh your ranking based on the quality of opponent that you have uh, the jets are ranked ninth overall 20th in offense seventh in defense ninth in special teams and that's probably closer to where I would put them because I don't think we're the worst, like one of the top three worst offenses. And I, I mean, I do think we are the best defense. I really do. I think, 
I think that will start to rise up once we start playing a little bit more of the softer part of our schedule right now. Uh, and special teams seems like it's it's pretty spot on right there as well. Greenbean, any issues with uh, some of these rankings? How are you feeling with where each one of our units is kind of at right now? You know, defense really highly touted, offense still lagging behind special teams sort of at the, the higher end of this. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm one who rarely puts too much stock in rankings. I think it's like, you know, most of the time I disagree for one reason or another. You know, I think that there's like a little political stuff in there, NFL politics, you know, there's favoritism one way or the other, all that kind of stuff. That said, it has been a long time since we've seen things like the New York Jets with the number one or even top five defense, you know, uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed uh, being in the top five of, of cornerbacks uh, by PFF. So it's all over the place. And that's what kind of makes it a little bit more sound is that, like you said, in DVOA, it's coming out of PFF, ESPN. Like, so they're all doing this and they all have us somewhere up there. And the truth is, man, and we talked about this for the past couple of years, is that our defense is exactly like this. all the successful Jets defenses of years past, barring the Rex Ryan two years, right? When Jets football has, has traditionally been a four-down lineman, relentless pass rush with very good cornerback play. Those have been the great defenses uh, in Jets history, and we saw Robert Sala trying to do that, and we're here, man. Like, we're getting to the quarterback with the four-down lineman. Now, the rotation and all that, there, there may be a different cast of characters. One type, we know, it's Bryce Huff this play. The next play, it's Jermaine Johnson, and uh, and all throughout the line but it's still our four down linemen. We rarely need to take somebody from the rest of the defense to provide uh, any pressure. And that, I'm just telling you, man, I've I've been waiting for this since like the Dennis Bird, Jeff Lagerman, <laughs> Marvin Washington. It's been that friggin' long, man. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see. Like it's legit. It's not fluky, man. Like, it's Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams is still coming up big on third and fourth downs. Like, Jermaine Johnson literally ran down uh, Josh Allen. You got Bryce Huff, who, like, let me just tell you, that three-play series, he was held on the two plays that he didn't get the sack. And then the one when he when he wasn't held, he actually got in and and uh, created the strip sack on Josh Allen. It's like, these guys are, 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 dude, even Nathan Shepard in this game looked like he was possessed. I don't know if you, if that stood, it stood out to me. I'm like, oh my God, look at Nathan Shepard. He was like running. He was digging up. Oh, oh. You could see the intensity on his face. I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is that? So I don't know, man. It's just, um, you know, seeing the rankings, it's, it's definitely supporting what I'm seeing on the field. And it's exciting, man, because it's real. It's not the one game like we beat the Bengals last year and we got all excited Mike White 405 and it was fun man it's fun and I take nothing from it this is completely different this is our real defense young players playing together like a unit buying in and kicking the living shit out of people we dominated the Buffalo Bills in the entire fourth quarter we imposed our will on both sides of the ball and that's something we're not used to man it's good to see Ooh, green bean I you know what I'm gonna go over to this Real quick, let me see if I can oh. do this without screwing it up. Um, 
I love where you're going with this. So I'm going to tell you something while you're doing that. I'm going to tell you guys a little tidbit. So my wife asked me a little few minutes ago, Hey, did anybody take the garbage out? No, I have a driveway that is with no exaggeration, 400 feet long. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's fucking guard. Taking the garbage out is no joke around here. So my wife just said, I, I just gave Jovis, you know, teen B, and I just gave him the car and told him to drive it out. So my wife literally just gave my 14-year-old kid a car to take the garbage down. Uh, That's amazing. We, yeah. my, uh, when, we, when we lived at my, my, my childhood home, we had a driveway similar to that. It was, it was four or 500 feet long, and it was oh – we would sit in the back of my mom's forerunner and drag the can. They'd drive, <laughs> drive us down. <laughs> Like when it was yeah. cold as shit out and you weren't walking all the way down. And it was a steep hill too. Like it wasn't, it wasn't fun to drive up and down. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, is y'all uh, live in the boonies. I know. Yeah. I'm in you sticks. Know cool. I mean, five right. acres of property. Yeah. Well, that's right. I have five and a half acres and it's, uh, but like here, like I have enough space. Like I can let my kids drive around. Like nobody's coming here. There's yeah. lots of farms. Like you see vehicles awesome. on the road. The, the license plate just says farm use. And they're yeah. driving around, you know. What I mean, it's like it's cheaper diesel. Are, that's why, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, it's cheaper diesel. But uh, and because like you don't need to. There's a different registration and all that kind of stuff. But they will literally let like 14 year old kids drive. It's like nobody's gonna bust your chops around here. Mm -hmm. Just don't don't make any waves and everybody's don't do something cool. stupid. And, right, yeah, right. I, I got you. So Greenbean, yeah. I found the thing you were talking about the fourth quarter. Um, so let me. Put it up on the screen real quick. Uh, so the fourth quarter, best fourth quarter point differential on the season. The Jets are tops in the fourth quarter quarter in terms of point differential, plus 58. Mm. Look at the wow. fourth team down, the Giants, at plus 25. You can add the Giants point differential to the second place team, the Vikings, and it ties the Jets. <laughs> That's how wow. good the Jets have been this year. Wow. It's unbelievable, man. Like, and like, and that's what I mean. Like, they can say whatever they want. You know, you can say, oh, Kenny Pickett. You can say Skylar Thompson. You, you know what I mean? You, you know, whatever it is, you can say it, but it's not a one-week thing. It's not taking advantage of one situation. It is a young team that sloppily at times is slowly but surely putting it together. And the one thing that they've done from the word go, man, and we noticed it. I forget which game. I think it was um, the Green Bay game. It was like the first play on defense. Like we deferred to Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And the first play, it was like the way our linebackers, I think it was C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams on the first tackle, it was different. It was like the first, it was like they, it was super fast. It was super hard and it's different. And this team is not messing around, man. Like it's all clicking. And this is what we have been uh, really deserving for a long time. And you can see how fraudulent all the other team, you know, the rebuilds have been. They were just completely empty shells. Like this is legit. And this team is still going to get better, man. We're still just kind of, getting to know each other and it's serious mm -hmm. look at that 58 plus 58 that's man, absurd is absurd <laughs> matt your thoughts on this stat uh it's a really really good sign it shows how resilient they are in the fourth quarter and as kind of Greenbean was saying they haven't even quite figured it out yet this is still such a young team that is still learning and growing together 
they're not even close to their fullest potential, which makes it even that more scary. And what's crazy is we did all that against the number one defense in the league in the Buffalo Bills. They have scored, they scored less points than they scored on the season against our defense. And we almost, almost scored more points than any team on them. The only reason we didn't get it is because we have that 12 minute frigging camera delay. Camera delay doesn't happen. We kicked the three points. Now all of a sudden the Jets are up 23 to 17 at, by the end of the game. And I think yeah. the most points scored on the Bills, I think it's 20 or 21. 20, 21, right? Isn't it 21? Yeah. I think, hey, I said yeah. it on our halftime show. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just want to yeah. score more than that. Ugh. Incredible, man. It's incredible. It's nice. This is a good Guys, thing to see happen. Don't, for, don't forget to hit the like button. I'm picking winners for the, or qualifiers, I should say, for go. the t-shirt thing. Um, I think, what do we have? Like uh, four, five, six. We got six in there now. You guys put in a few more. We can get another qualifier. So go ahead and hit the like button. Brian Lemos says, Victory Tuesday, let's go Jets. Sup, guys? What's up, Brian? Uh, John says, voted for sauce 1,291 times. I'll round it up later. <laughs> yeah, guys, you can vote as many times as you want, so just uh, smack that vote. It's pinned in the live chat, so make sure you head over there. Uh, J-Boy yeah. comes in, says, 7-1 and one the rest of the year. Only loss is week 18, resting the starters. Oh, that would feel good, which leads me into a great segue. Now, chat, I'm sure you guys are aware of this, and for those of you guys that are not aware of it, uh, Nooner had a tweet back in August where he did a coin flip schedule for the New York Jets and winners and losers of, uh, you know, each outcome for each week. And right now he is a hundred percent on this list up to the buy hundred percent. Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely insane. Like the, the statistical odds of that, I think it's something like one in a thousand, I believe, was the was the number I had heard to get up to this point. And he's going to be right for next week, right? So my question to you guys is, do you want to see the coin flip bracket continue or do you want to win versus the Patriots and the Bears next week? Uh, right now, the coin flip bracket, the way it has us finishing is 11 and six and we lose in the AFC championship game. So would you sign up for coin flip madness or are you going for the win against the Patriots and Bears and breaking the uh, the magical streak here? Greenbean, I'll ask you first. I don't want to lose to the Pats. I'll sacrifice the rest of the season to beat them. That's there it. it is, Matt. I think we'll you're feeling just, the same way. Give me, we'll give me the, give me the effing pats on a silver platter, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I want my revenge. I, I, want, yeah, I want to crush this coin flip bracket. Yeah. It's cool as hell. Got to talk about it now. But, dude, I like. I, I still want to win games. Don't get me wrong. But if I could lose every other game and I had to have one win left on this schedule, it's the Patriot game. Like, I'm not. <laughs> there's no way I'm signing up for a Patriot loss without fighting that game. I have to go against it. Uh, but man, this is cool. That is incredible. This dude better buy some lottery tickets real quick because yeah. that is uh, pretty, pretty wild. It is amazing. Um, it really is. Ablab comes in, says, once Zach Wilson gets some game planned runs sprinkled in with his natural ability to be fleet footed out of the pocket, he's going to start putting up numbers, Steve Young ceiling and beyond. So we're starting to see a very big pivot in the way people have looked at the 2021 draft class and because of the way Justin Fields is running the ball the last like three weeks. 
That game in December, I think it's December, end of November, whatever it is, Jets-Bears, that game just got a whole lot more interesting. It's not as easy as we once thought it was. Um, Greenbean, you want to see more planned runs for Zach? Uh, yeah, actually, I don't, I wouldn't want to see that be like the, you know, uh, the major focal point of our offense, but yeah, I think two, three, like designed runs, like rollouts, um, could be really, really effective, man. And you know, I'll tell you what, the, the thing I'd like to see the most though, is what we started to see, uh, this week against Buffalo that when the, when the protection breaks down and we're like three, five yards from a first down take off and just run for it. That's yep. what I want to see. No hesitation. And he did that. It was as if he, ch it's like everything that he had an issue with mm -hmm. the week before he fixed it all. Just you know gone. I mean? Everything. Amazing. Yeah, dude. The, the, I think he ran, it was at least two first downs that he wound up running for. I think he had five rushes for 24 yards. And the, the one just before the touchdown that Matt alluded to earlier was fantastic. The uh, and then the other one was a longer one. I believe it was on the drive prior, uh, the before the spy camp, before the uh, the camera gate issue had a nice little scamper for a first down. If he could do, if he get two of those a week, that'd be huge. Matt, you want to see more designed runs for Zach? Yeah, I, I do. There's no reason. And again, he doesn't have to be Lamar or Justin Fields, but five to eight times a game, maybe something like that. Um, and it's. It's so easy. Just take the free yards. And as Greenbean said, like, again, the, the box score numbers aren't going to jump out at you for Zach's performance this past week, but just how comfortable he looked and the 180 from last week from where he was doing his drop back thing and throwing the ball up for grabs and just being extremely decisive and careful with the football. It was Im impressive to me. What's irritating to me is after a great win against the Buffalo Bills, you're hearing people talk about the New York Jets, not in a positive, positive light. It's it's like, oh, what did the Bills do wrong to lose this game? Yeah. And it like, right, right, oh, right. dude, it was driving yeah. me wild. It was absolutely insane. Uh, before we get into some more Super Chats, I want to kind of springboard this into the Brady Quinn, Danny Cannell uh comments i have the the video clip here so so guys we got a, a a list of super chats that we are going to get to uh starting with romani ad and then benjamin knack and Everaldo de jesus uh so we'll, we'll get to you guys in just a second but i want to play this clip i think it's about three and a half minutes uh but let's sit and watch it and we'll discuss it on the other end <laughs> that's, that's bigger than wow i mean you're that's wild i get it the books still don't believe in this team. Nope. I mean, they, they literally just beat the Buffalo Bills right now, <laughs> and they're 22 to 1 odds to win the division. Hey, Vegas is nuts. Something. It's nuts. <laughs> I'll throw some money on Someone that. Someone tell Legere Doosable to figure it out. <laughs> He's been pounding the table for the Jets, and all I've said the entire year is Vegas does not believe in this team. Regardless of what's happening on the field, they do not believe in this team right now. Brady Quinn, they're giving his insight right off just, the bat alongside that is, Danny Cannell. It was astonishing. We're here uh, to I did talk not know about, that coming into it. You know what, and, and this is the best division in football, too. They're the only division with every team sitting above the 500 mark, which is incredible because when you thought about when the season started, if you looked at the AFC East, that's not the division you're thinking is going to be the best. You may be thinking it's the West. AFC West maybe is the division you're looking at. But let's start with this surprise, Jets. I mean, they enter 2022 with a win total set at over or under five and a half. We're nine weeks in. They've surpassed that. 
So with eight games to go, how many more victories do you see on this schedule in terms of where they can get to in a win-loss record? You know, it's an interesting schedule when you break it down, right? Because they go into the bye this week. Out of the bye, though, they've got to go play New England, a team that they just lost to at home. They have to go to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. So this is how I've got breaking down the rest of their schedule. To me, though, the toss-up game, and I've got an L in there just for home field advantage for the Seahawks, but it's that Week 17 game. I can see the Jets, based on how they're comprised, the coverage on the outside, the pressure they can get with that front, Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams, all those pieces, and their ability to run the football, that one could flip this, where instead of getting three wins, they go to four, they hit and end up being a 10-win team. I could see that down the stretch, but again, I'm trying to give a little credit to the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith and what they've been able to build this year, but I think if you're looking at it, I've got a hard time believing they're going to win in Buffalo, win in Minnesota the way those two teams are looking right now. I got them beating the Lions, obviously the Jaguars take care of business at home, but the rest, to me, Danny, it's just it's too competitive. So I got them finishing nine and eight at this point. I know this isn't great television. Noah didn't tell us this. Our producer. I have the exact same finishing record with the exact same wins and losses. So, so you so don't so believe, you don't, don't believe they go in on the wrong. You right? know we're going to be wrong. I, exactly. You know we're going to be wrong. I do feel pretty good. It'll be in that vicinity. And I would definitely lean towards the under. You were just telling me the adjusted win total is nine and a half, and we're both under. I would feel way, I, I, I feel pretty confident you should take the under on this one. This is a team that's playing with great defense, which is awesome. But I, like before we start talking about the Bills, like, oh, what, what a win that was for the Bills. We see this happen all the time in the NFL, where a team has a bad game, Josh Allen has a rough one, and you've got to give credit to the Jets to the, you know, for, to, for taking advantage of that. But sometimes you get in a put, they feel too good about themselves, get a little bit cocky, you don't show up with your full mental capabilities and what you were, you know, you usually put out there, and you get beat. It can happen. And credit to the Jets for doing that. Zach Wilson is still highly erratic with his play. I don't trust him. And a lot of these games that we're looking at that we both chalked up, like even the Bears, the Bears all of a sudden are playing with a lot more momentum, and Justin Fields is going to provide some problems for a lot of defenses, maybe even more so than what any defense was expecting. Like, I could see them potentially losing that game. I put it up as a win, but more, I would feel more, like, I feel more of the wins are 50-50 propositions. Like, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt, where I would say maybe they lose more of those games than not. So adjusted win percent, uh, adjusted win total now is nine and a half. I got to look at that up because if that's DraftKings or like FanDuel or Vegas or whatever is saying nine and a half wins is the adjusted total for us, I'm hammering the over again. Daddy just took home <laughs> money because of his five and a half win bet. 100%. And did you notice? Nine and eight with three wins all coming at home. They said we were going to lose every game on the road. The Jets are currently undefeated on the road. You got to be kidding me. Matt, your thoughts. It's a load of garbage. It's a, they're not going <clears throat> three and five the rest of the way. It's just piling on, man. I hope there's a line at nine and a half. I'm going to hammer that. Are you kidding me? Green Bean, I think go your microphone may be turned off. Check that real quick. But the uh, the the nine and a half, it's like it's crazy. Like these guys are already like backpedaling like crazy. Like, oh my God. And then, Ve oh, Vegas doesn't believe in them. This is, you know, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. And then you look at the Bills game too. The Bills game, based on what happened to Josh Allen, they may not have him for that game. That's they right. may have, yeah, see, they may have, uh, 
you know, freaking, I think Case Keenum is their backup right now. Could you imagine going against Case Keenum instead of yeah. Josh Allen? And if that's the case, that would be the third quarterback that this defense has taken out of the game for one reason or another. Uh, and we're good. We're live. All right. Jeez. Sorry. This interruption brought to you by the uh, MetLife Skycam. <laughs> the freight <laughs> train. issues over there. Absolutely horrible. Horrible. Uh, I wanted to bring this up real quick before we get into some of our other super chats. We're going to hit the super chats that were in the previous stream link. So we'll get through all those. Uh, and then we'll start with any that pop in on this new uh, feed over here. Master at Work chimed in. He said, Jets fans are delusional. Daddy gonna have to curb your enthusiasm for the 14th straight time. Haven't beaten us since the iPhone 6. Zach is Jimmy Clausen. That one hurts. Who is that? <laughs> that was not who, a very nice, nice super chat. Daddy? That's Master at Works. He's a Patriots YouTuber. He works with uh, Richie and TD Finn's uh, Talk and all those guys on the AFC East Roundtable. Mitchell. Yeah, I've never fuck off. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have have him on and we'll we'll, we'll fire some <laughs> shots at him after the Jets beat him. If uh if Jets lose, then then we won't have him on and we'll he just knows. talk shit about him. <laughs> Listen, here here's the truth of it. Master blaster or whatever, master at work, you know. We know you know, you know you know. Hold on to the last little little twigs before you fall off the cliff. You know it, we know it. It's over. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I love it. Um, all right. Let's see. Let me get into some other ones here. Romani dropped in. He said, hey, fellas, just want to go over record. Jets finish 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. James Robinson was a steal and he will run for 90 yards or more on the Patriots. Jets beat Pats by 20. Let's fucking go. Ah, I just, I really want to lay the boom down on the Patriots. And like, I don't care how much we win by at this point. Like I wanted to thump them last time, but like this time I just want to like, just want to come away with a dub and feel good and rub like dirt in their rub face. Dub. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Indeed. Concur. Yes. Um, let's see here. Benjamin. Where is it? I'm like jumping back and forth trying to. <laughs> put these in correctly uh all right benjamin knack says josh allen threw the ball 67 yards on the last play michael clemens can throw allen further <laughs> oh i like that oh it's great i absolutely love anything michael clemens chuck norris related jokes did you see how Just close he was to blocking that field goal dude he's a monster an Good. absolute monster He's going to get another one this year. I want him to get rookie of the week once. Like he's going to deserve it at some point. It's got, it was, there's going to be some game this year that he like just goes off. Uh, this one coming in from Everaldo de Jesus. Uh, he says, we stopped service at the at a sports bar and grill for 10 minutes in upstate New York, running around chanting J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Bills fans were distraught. Ah, uh, dude, we all know. That's a true. Bills fan. Like we all know there's we we all know Bills fans. We're around and we're in the New York area. The team, the Buffalo Bills, are a more relatable uh team for us because of all the the issues they have had in the last 30 years. So to see like the shock and awe on their face, uh, just makes me makes me feel good. Warms my heart on the inside. Matt, 
You you know any uh, Bills fans you don't really care for or have to deal with? No, not too many Bills fans on Long Island. Ooh, dude, I deal with way too many over here. No. Creamy, you got anybody you? Uh, no. Nothing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, oh, we all nothing. know someone. Clearly, I am uh, I am wrong. Uh, yeah. That's all right. I, I do oh, know, I do know a couple Bills fans, but um, it's just so funny, you know, like when they're winning, like <clears throat> I've been watching football for 40 years and I've been, you know, at games and everything. My whole life, I've known two Bills fans all of a sudden, and you know, and it's not, not news, but it's funny. All of a sudden, there's thousands of diehards bills mob everybody jumping off dude it's a joke man like it's just they're all bandwagon they were patriot fans a couple of weeks ago or, or years ago you know what i mean they were tampa bay buccaneers fans it's just it's the way it goes enjoy it bunch of euphoria runners. comes in says is this best or is this the best jets defense you all ever seen because it is for me and the rest of the uh and for the rest of the league i do think this is the best jet defense i've ever seen i didn't grow up through the sack exchange i was able to see the 09 and 08 and 2010 uh jets defense and they were super top heavy like revis was you know still is the best cornerback to ever play the game cromarty played phenomenally but i would say depth wise and just purely on a 11 man basis this is the best jets defense we've ever had that i've seen since watching this team and it's because you can line up mano a mano mano a mano uh against the other team's players and just say we are going to beat you we are right. better than you it's not right. rex ryan's defense which was all smoke and mirrors you, you get the pressure with the corners then you got to send some exotic blitzes to generate pressure because you don't have the front four um this is this is a, an aggressive violent defense Greenbean, i want to hear your thoughts on this one i think you nailed it man i that's the the best way you can say it. And it's not to say that there isn't a place for exotic blitzes and, and really well-designed, you know, um, uh, masking of, of, of what you're actually doing and confusing. That's all wonderful. But you get beat with that a lot, too. And we saw that. Like, there were games where Rex's defense would dominate and the next week it looked as if they didn't show up. And that happened all the time. And, and with all due respect, and again, I want to reiterate, I loved Rex and I loved those teams. And I, you know, I don't have anything uh, negative as far as that. But the truth is, is that, uh, like you said, smoke and mirrors, you get beat a lot with that. When you just have what we're doing right now, which again, like I said earlier, is very reminiscent of the type of defense that the sack exchange was, that the 90s defense was with uh, Dennis Bird, Mercero, Marvin Washington, uh, Lagerman, and then Mo Lewis, Kyle Clifton, and then James Hasty. I mean, it was an unbelievable defense. Uh, this is reminiscent of that. And the way that it runs is right. We're mano y mano, and we're better than you, and we're going to beat you. And I love that. Matt, what are your thoughts? This is the best Jet defense you've ever seen? Um, yeah, you know, prob probably. That 2009 team was so, so, so good. But as you guys kind of alluded to, Rex Ryan was also such a huge part of that for, for his scheme. Uh, but 
they didn't have a number two corner like what DJ Reed is. The, the combination mm -hmm. of DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner together, I think, is so dangerous. Uh, and then when you add the front four, it's just it from top to bottom, it's such a good unit. 100% agree. Uh, Rags drops in, says, Rejoice! Zach Wilson now has more touchdowns, less interceptions, more yards, and a higher completion percentage than Brady Quinn in less than two Ooh. years and a total <laughs> of five games less played. Brady Quinn yeah. can suck a bag of eggs. Screw yeah. that guy. Yeah, he doesn't like Zach, man. It's a very personal thing. He gets, like, amped when he's talking about Zach Wilson. Whatever it is, he does not like Zach Wilson, and he seethes. He wants so badly for Zach to fail, and uh, I love that his 0-9 prediction ended up being 6-3. I love oh, it. That's fantastic. Amazing. Brian Bogan comes in, says, Baltimore beat the Giants with Dilfer. Seattle beat Denver. Uh, D wins Super Bowls. Look, I this ah, 2006, 15, 16 for Denver. Is that right? What That'll be Denver right. in 13. Seattle beat Denver. It was the Met, it was the MetLife Super Bowl, so 2013 and 2000. Mm. Okay, 2000 so yeah, it's been, it's right. been a little yeah. bit. I the look, Ravens. I think this defense legitimately gives us a chance to win any game. Like, we're going to generate turnovers. Like, we have more turnovers on the season right now than we had through the entirety of last year. Absolutely wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't we have a turnover in every game? I, I saw something like that. It feels like that. I don't, yeah. I have no idea. Probably, maybe. I think yeah, so. I think, <laughs> I, think yeah, I, I mean, I saw something. I, maybe it was um, the last five games or whatever it was, but yeah, yeah there's yeah. some kind of crazy streak going on with our turnovers that we are definitely not used to seeing over here. Oh, I love that. Uh, Jaska says jets are one John Franklin Myers penalty away from being the one seed in the AFC. We might be two John Franklin Myers penalties away. I mean, we are technically one because if he doesn't do that penalty, we are up by 10, uh, on the Patriots. But if Zach doesn't throw the interception, we don't have to worry about that. So it's like sort of a, I know, I, I get what he's saying. But man, oh, dude, one seed. It's like within striking distance. With with Allen possibly being out four or five weeks, that's that's huge. And I, look, I'll be honest, I don't want to see that happen. One, because we can only lose one game to Buffalo left. And two, we need Baltimore, the Chargers, the uh, Bengals, the Patriots, and the Dolphins to all lose games. And if the Bills have any games against them, which they do, uh, we kind of need them to win more than we need to win against the Bills, if that sort of ish makes a roundabout uh, sense. But interesting, Jets could be the one seed. Imagine if we win the friggin' division. Like, we have the AFC East has the best division in football right now. Matt, yeah. you, can you believe that? uh no they're all over 500 wouldn't have guessed that one uh no not, not in a million years before right. the year uh chris kv says only three teams have scored 20 points the most allowed against the bills the chiefs the ravens and the jets we are only ones who won this team is different this team is different like they don't know that they're supposed to be losing right now right. i love it Travis drops in and says, we're making the playoffs without the coin flip. I love seeing that. I like the coin flip, but I don't want to see the coin flip. 
Uh, Andrew says thoughts on Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas and coaches with all the injuries, Joe Douglas's depth that he's drafted and brought in has been incredible. And the coaching staff being able to get that talent to play at the level they currently are is equally as impressive. Uh, you look at how far down we are on the list in terms of tackles and it's the, the jets are doing a really good job. We just beat the best team in the league without our best offensive lineman, without our best offensive, uh, without our best wide receiver, without our best running back. So let that sink in for a second. All right. Uh, Pump up the champ says, imagine how much better slash more picks sauce would uh, interception sauce would get if he just turned his head around. It's only it's my only pet peeve about him. Revis was a master at that. Yeah, look, sauce is going to get his head around, but I think sauce is going to end up with more interceptions because of his length than Revis. And I think a lot of people tried to throw away from Revis sauce has an interesting uh, ability to bait quarterbacks into throwing his way where we kind of had to manufacture that with with Revis to, to some sort of an extent um yeah I don't know I I do want to see him get his head around because he does scare me a little bit on some of this stuff um all right yeah but you know me... what the thing is is that his whole game is is predicated on watching the eyes of the receiver so like that's what you know so you know there's kind of a give and take there um hey man look that whole thing like uh, you know, a lot of Buffalo fans were crying for a pass interference, but when mm-hmm. you look at it again, the pass was underthrown. Uh, the wide receiver put his hand in Sauce's chest and saw it. Sauce, Sauce got his eyes around. He, I, you, you could see the head turn a little. I mean, he didn't turn all yeah. the way, but but it, it's an amazing play what he does. I mean, even with the wide receiver kind of stopping short, putting his hand in his chest, mm-hmm. he doesn't crash into him. He doesn't do anything. He just, you know what I mean? He sees his mm-hmm. eyes and he blocks the damn ball, man. It's kind of amazing. Now I'm, I'm with it. I want to see his head turning. And I think there was a lot of like, like a lot of the big plays that sauce has made, I think could have been called. They could mm-hmm. have, they're all right there, but the kid is good, man. He's good. And dude, he's in his rookie year, nine games. And this dude, is he has he the is. potential of being like, because he, he I, I have to think he's going to win defensive rookie of the year. I mean, the only other person I think that you can kind of put in his, this discussion is Tariq Woolen from Seattle. And he's played half the snaps of sauce. Like, but he also has a ton of interceptions. So I guess there's that sort of aspect. So maybe you want to fluff it up a little bit. But sauce could have a wild trajectory in terms of cornerback play. Like the only player that I can think of that was this good right out of the gate is Aaron Donald. Um, Matt, you thinking of anyone that could have been this good right off the bat? No, I didn't think he would be this good. I thought he was going to be a good player when they took him, but I didn't think he'd be this good right away. It's so impressive. Uh, He's like, a souped up version of Antonio Cromartie with that length. He has such Mm -hmm. rare skill set and rare speed like someone that tall and lanky shouldn't move that quickly the the ground he makes up when the ball is in the air is is special i'm so glad we get to watch him on sundays dude he's an exciting player to watch and i just saw uh jimmy in the chat go oh uh sauce is one of those waving wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men (laughs) in front of car dealerships that's what he looks like the guy's an alien when we went to uh (laughs) to training camp this summer i'm standing there i'm looking at him like Yo, this guy looks like he's from another planet. He doesn't look like a human. <laughs> His arms are like seven feet long. It's weird, really weird, but awesome nonetheless. Uh, Nicholas says, I know it's not much, but 
use this for new internet service. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, I've actually had really good internet service uh, for like two weeks now. Like it, it hasn't dropped. This is the, you know, I mean, we've had drops now way too many times to the point where I've considered getting two different internet services just to keep these things running. And it's like driving me bananas. <laughs> I like, yeah. I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but it's like, uh, I got a bone to pick with Optimum. Some guy says, should the Jets give McGovern a contract extension? This is an interesting, interesting dynamic here because I don't love McGovern the way I love Mawai or Mangold. No. But I can see he's playing at the very least top 15 center ball. And I think there is value in retaining the center who has a connection right now with your young quarterback. Um, so yes, I would like to see the Jets extend McGovern in some capacity. I would not break the bank for him and I would be looking to draft a center uh, either way. But I don't know how much I love the idea like right now, I think the Jets are going into next season like we're gunning for a Super Bowl. Like that's what – like right now yeah. is playoffs. Next year is the the opening window. Like th- really this year is the opening window for Super Bowl. But like next year, that's what your intention is. I don't know if I want to see a rookie or a free agent come in and be the center for this team right now. I, I don't know. Um, Greenbean, how do you feel about the center position and extending McGovern? Yeah, it's like like you said, it's interesting, right? Because I I I concur. I don't look at Connor McGovern uh, in the same way or hold him into the same uh, level that I would a Mangold, a Mawai, um, a Joe Fields, a Jim Sweeney, uh, all the guys. Um, but he's good. He's he's solid, and it all depends on um, you know what they want to do. Like if you could get Connor McGovern. Um, you know, for like a mid, a mid-level contract, and that enables you to get a home run somewhere else, then you do that. I think you have to factor that in into what the overall plan is. But I don't think Connor McGovern is an issue. Now, I know some people love him. You know, oh, he's a top five center or whatever. Some people hate him. Uh, he sucks. What I see week in, week out is a guy who's been healthy almost the entire time he's been here. And uh, I think the end of last year, two weeks or something like that, we lost him. But he's been uh, predominantly healthy, so available, and he's been rock solid, man. And he has had a a revolving door of the cast of characters alongside of him. And I think, uh, you know, he's definitely not an issue. And again, if they just want continuity and then they can save some money for the center position or save a draft pick, like not using a first two you know two rounds of your draft on a center or something like that and then you can do that and really like you know plug in a of dynamic free safety or a linebacker or whatever it is that they're looking for a tackle you know what i mean like i i look at tackle as maybe a bit more of a concern than i do connor mcgovern but i'd probably lean toward keeping him if i if i had the choice matt what about you you extend mcgovern yeah i think so like he's not he's very steady like Mm -hmm. you can rely on him he's not going to be phenomenal he's not going to stink he's going to be solid 
And with a, I'm assuming next year AVT is going to come back and play guard again, so he'll get AVT next to him. Lakin Tomlinson's coming into his own on the left side, so I think you're more than fine if you keep him. And as Greenbean said, I, I'm more concerned about uh, what the long-term plan is at, at tackle than I am about center. So bring back something that you know has worked and played well in the system. So here's one for you, and it's one that I've had a few people ask me uh, through my DMs was uh, when AVT comes back next year, do you consider playing him at tackle because of how Herbig's playing right now? And then you have Becton and, you know, say Mitchell compete on the right-hand side and you have Brown back up AVT. To that, I would probably say I would prefer AVT back at right guard and use him as a um as like an oh no we need to use you as a tackle right now but there's a world where if they make that decision i'm not totally against it uh Greenbean, your thoughts on possibly keeping avt at tackle um <clears throat> i i don't know man i think um i mean i think if that's if that's what they think you know if you know i, I he can do it you know, I don't see an issue. I think putting him in different positions all the time, I don't think is a healthy move we saw. Mm -hmm. uh, Agreed. You know, and whether or not the result, you know, look, man, we were concerned. We talked about it being too much. They're pushing it, and he got injured. So maybe it's completely unconnected, but it was, that's what I was afraid of when they were bouncing him all around. I love that he could do it. I am an Iron Man. I was so impressed. I'd never seen anything like it. At the same time, I was nervous. So whatever it is, Ryan, I think that I'd like to see them keep him there. And mm. I think left tackle, interestingly enough, I think is better for him uh, mm. than right tackle. And if, uh, I think you know, obviously, he played that in college more as well. But I feel like left tackle is more natural for him uh, mm. than right tackle if they're going to do that. But I think probably guard, man. That's what I'd love. I'd really like to see them put him back at guard. Matt, where's AVT playing for you? Guard. Um, I, I like that he's able to play tackle, but I just think he can play guard at this just elite level. That could be absolutely dominant. And uh, again, he showed he could do it in a pinch, but I think long-term, he's your plan at guard. Aaron Honore says, if you had to keep five cornerstone players from this team to make them Jets for a long time, who would you pick? Love all you guys. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, this is a good one. Okay. Um, so I'll go first. The guys that I would take. Kyle I mean, McGovern. obviously. Well, yeah, right. McGovern's <laughs> top on the list. Right. You like, you hope Zach is one of the guys, but I'm going to say, let, let's avoid Zach and let's, well, I guess you can keep Zach, but I like Sauce. I like Brees. I like AVT. I like Quinnen. And then it's probably Garrett Wilson for me. I think those are the five. So Sauce, AVT, Quinnen. Sauce, AVT, Quinnen, Garrett Wilson. What was my other one? Brees. Brees. Ooh. Yeah. Ah, Brees is the one where you kind of get a little hung up. Like, I love what he is, but he is a running back. Ah, he's I don't really know. Good. He's Telling so you, good. Dude, he's so yeah. good. Greenby, where dominant, would you go with this? If you had to pick five players to be cornerstones, well, dominant running backs, man. I know we we've we've devalued the position um, because of the the length of time that they can stay, you know, relevant. I think, 
But dude, uh, having a dominant running back, even you know, for the five years that you get it, I think is still one of the most important things in football. We saw it, man. And we mm -hmm. see it again with James Robinson and Michael Carter. But uh, so I think I'm like right there with you. I think Quinnen is my first. I'm, I, I want Quinnen Williams. I want AVT. Um, I want Garrett Wilson. Uh, Sauce. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's hard. Let's say, right? Let's so this say, is a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. Michael, Michael Clemens. That's who I want. I think he's going to want to, I want him to be our guy so bad. Yeah. So he's going to, dude, he's just walking toward the finish line. Everybody's running. He's just walking toward it. And when he gets there, he knows he's already won. Like, that's the kind of guy he's just going to mm -hmm. do. It. I believe he's just, he's going to get better and better and better. And he's going to be, did dominant. you see his, uh, his Instagram post the other day? It was like, uh, I lay my enemies to rest or whatever. Like, so, something along those lines it was like no. that uh god i don't remember the exact saying it was something like i remember my parents saying or my mom saying at some point when i was a kid i feel like it was something religious but it was like really cool to, like this guy's like gonna put people in a body bag matt who are your five players that you're keeping on this team <sighs> Braden man greg zerloin uh no um there you go all right yeah, Braden man's good right <sighs> he won us a, a game Pirouette, he's got the a fucking on uh, kick. Man, a AVT, Quinnen, Sauce, Garrett Wilson, and I guess Brees. I know that's a copycat of, right? of Ryan's, no, it's but I, I think that's how I have to. The only other one that I was considering is uh, was Reed over Brees, but I think Brees is that much of a difference maker. Yeah, Reed over Brees is an interesting one. I think you could probably, like, if you wanted to go towards an edge rusher, I don't know who you would pick, though, because, like, Lawson hasn't been crazy, crazy good. Like, the, the, the cumulative sum of all of them is better than any one individual player aside from Quinn, and I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't think it's cop-out at all. I think that's absolutely the way you go, especially if you don't have Zach Wilson, you have any other quarterback. Like, like think about that for a second. Like, if he's a 30-second quarterback, literally any other quarterback <laughs> would have us in a better position, potentially, according to, like, metrics and shit. Um, fascinating. Great question, Aaron. Josh says, who's harder to cover, Tyreek Hill and Waddle with Tua or Diggs and Davis with Allen? I think we match up a lot better with Diggs and Davis with Allen as opposed to Hill and Waddle with Tua. And it's a very weird thing to have to think about because I do think Allen is the better quarterback, but with how fast Waddle and Hill are, that is concerning for me. And I do, I'm worried about the last game of the season. I, I, I'm so bad at this. Dude, Josh Allen, two years into his career, I was like, dude, this guy's a joke. No way this guy's going to be a good quarterback. He's out the league. Sam Darnold's a better quarterback. I was dead wrong. Tua, Thanks. same way before the season, dude. I'm like, Tua's not the dude. <laughs> like, not afraid of Tua at all. Mm -hmm. Slinging the rock all over. I, like, I'm afraid to say jack shit about Mac Jones right now because, like, I don't want the same thing to happen. So I guess I would say I'm more concerned with Hill and Waddle and Tua than I am with Diggs, Davis, and Allen, uh, especially because we beat them already. So, Green Bean, your thoughts. Which one's more dangerous? 
Um, I think I, I, I actually agree with you. I think that we're probably better matched to the bills, but let me just tell you, man, um, I don't, I'm not afraid of the dolphins either, man. Like these guys can play. And I think, uh, Tariq Hill is going to remember Quinn and Williams picking him up by his throat and smashing him into the ground. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I'm telling you, there's PTSD over there. And it's not the kind where it's like, you know, like us with the Patriots, like we blew the game and mm -hmm. we are, you know, we want a revenge game. It's different. What we did to Miami was a, was a, was an old fashioned ass whooping. That's going to make them kind of hesitant. A lot of alligator arms, things like that. I predict. So uh, I'm not afraid of either one. Now, either one can light you the hell up. That's not what I'm saying, but I think with uh sauce and DJ Reed and Michael Carter, uh, out there, I, I feel pretty good about both. If I had to pick one, I would say Dolphins. Up. Matt, what about you? What's more, uh, or what's harder to cover? Tua, Waddle, Hill, or Allen, Diggs, and uh, Davis? I think it's Hill and Waddle. Um, I, Allen's the better quarterback, but Hill and Waddle are just so dangerous. I mean, they're both, uh, they're both top. Are they both top five in they yards? They might be. That, I mean, both definitely Hill's got at least 1,100 yards right now. And Waddle's, wow, what, 800? Dude, there, it is Pretty a high. track meet down there in fucking Miami. Eight, eight it is 12. insane. 812 for Waddle. That's nuts. <sighs> yeah, That pisses is. me off. <laughs> but you see how this, how G, how Joe Douglas and Salah and Ulbrick wanted to build this uh this defense you you have these corners you go out and you say okay look oh yeah oh, but bryce hall was all right you, you could use a corner Eccles was all right that was fine oh no no let's go out let's draft the best corner in sauce gardner let's go out and get the best corner in dj reed which i guess before like in free agency people weren't necessarily calling him the best corner but he was he might be our best pickup that we've had in a long time in free agency and then you get whitehead like and like as much shit as i've given to lamarcus joiner like if you can add a, a top tier safety next year, this secondary is no fly zone, like at all. Scary good. Uh, Scuttlebutt says Zach Wilson eight wins, Brady Quinn four wins. Oh no, Daniel Cannell ten wins, two clowns. Oh, <laughs> uh, that makes me feel good. I like seeing that. Screw those guys. Uh, all right. Everaldo says, uh, do the Texans regret taking regret taking Derek Stingley over sauce? When I saw Stingley was favored to go over sauce, I was elated. I was so excited because I thought that was the only team that was going to pounce in front of us, not pounce in front of us. They were already in front of us. I thought that was the only team going to take sauce and I wanted, him. <laughs> I wanted a reason to take them. And like, I hope the Texans regret passing on him because it just makes it oh so sweet like the fact that the jets got who i believe is the best corner the best wide receiver the best running back and uh you know a damn good edge rusher in jermaine johnson uh all on the top of the draft and none of those guys although i guess Brees was the first running back taken but like either way the top three guys might be the best players at their position and it's it's fun to watch uh matt you think they regret taking stingley um they should, but I don't think they do yet. Um, mm. I, I think it was a mistake at the time. I don't. I understand the appeal of Stingley. It's just a massive, massive, massive risk, and mm -hmm. 
sauce. I I, I would have taken sauce. So, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Yes, they should regret it. One hundred percent. I did green bean. Talked myself in a circle, but yes, I love it. I love. It's okay. We're here to be in a circle. Green bean. What do you think? Yeah, I think that. I mean, dude, when you look at Sauce Gardner, he's he's considered right now by many to be the number one cornerback in the NFL, not just the number one rookie. He's considered. I mean, there was a list that came out with the first round picks. He's up top of that. Uh, he's up top of the cornerback lists. He's closing games like, you know, look, Cleveland tried him at the end. Denver mm-hmm. tried him at the end. Buffalo tried him at the end. And he's shutting that down. Uh, I think that there's no way, even though Stingley is doing his own thing. And, you know, uh, his thing is staying healthy, right? Like Stingley's an immensely talented kid. Uh, but it's, I think no, no matter what he's doing down there, I don't think you can even compare the two at this current moment. And I think, yeah, they, they know they thought about it, man, believe me. Mm -hmm. And they, they know. Yeah, I I think so. I almost, so we could almost put this in a similar category right now. Uh, Not exactly, exactly. But with us taking Quinn and Williams over Josh Allen, uh, in that one draft, there was a lot of divisiveness going either way for us, and we chose the defensive tackle over the edge rusher, even though we already had defensive tackles on the team. So maybe the edge rusher would have made more sense at the time. But Quinton Williams right now is bearing fruit. Uh, so it's interesting. Hopefully Sauce stays on this trajectory because this is phenomenal where this kid could end up. Uh, James comes in and says, Sauce reminds me of a great NCAA track runner, Joseph Fun Boule. Thank you, James, for putting that in there because I can't pronounce words. <laughs> you heard that last week on the stream, and we had people putting the phonetic, uh, whatever that is. There it is. Thank you, Matt. Uh, does not so okay. Joseph words. Dose does not start so fast and gives up some space, but closes like a madman when it matters and makes the play at the end. Sauce because of his size like this is stuff you can't teach you can't teach six foot three you can't teach 70 inch wingspan you can't teach his speed sauce is so big and lanky and so fast when he has to adjust to a pass in the air he has the athletic gifts to be able to do it Darrell Revis was what 5'11 six foot or so was athletically you know sound and, and uh, you know, not a bad athlete, but his technique was fantastic. And I feel like with Sauce, his technique, it, it's not bad. I don't, want to, I don't want to construe that at all. But I think because of his physical gifts, he's able to get away with so much more than Revis was. And I think that's what makes Sauce's ceiling so astronomically high, is if he can have the same success that, Sa- uh, that Revis had while also having that explosive upside of six foot three, 70 inch wingspan... That's some scary stuff. Matt, how you feeling about Sauce's uh, like makeup time? Uh, that's what impresses me a lot because someone at that length, like how does he move so quickly? He, he moves it's like insane. someone who's four inches smaller than him. It's unbelievable. Dude, it it's, it's incredible. Unreal. unreal. Green bean, what do you think? You think Sauce is uh, a freak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I do. Just like Matt was saying, I think, uh, you know, there was those those clips that came out highlighting uh, some of the inability of really shifty wide receivers to lose him. And at that size, you know, it's just it's a it's a very rare uh, package that you're seeing. And uh, I think on top of that, man, I get the 
I get the feeling that, you know, like they were talking about his, uh, you know, Robert Tala was saying that he still has a long way to go, mm-hmm. you know, and he knows he still has a long way to go. I think that's where the trajectory really has potential to go through the roof. I mean, the kid's coming out of the gate. You know, look, and we've had guys that have come out of the gate like this before. We've had defensive rookies of the year, and they have fizzled out. We see it all the time. But I think with Sauce in particular, his his work ethic, and and he like he's not a punk. There's just none of that stuff. I think that he's going to be good for a long time, man. And uh, he's could very well be the best cornerback we've had since Revis. Now, I want to ask you guys this. It has Have the Jets ever had someone with such a good rookie campaign? Uh, we, we had this brought up yesterday, and I couldn't think of one. I think Vilma may have won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, Sauce is like, he's the top at his position. It's not just rookies. Like, he, I think he's the best cornerback overall like I don't know if there's a corner I would take in a one game situation right now not even just thinking about his age and going forward like in a one game situation I think I'm taking sauce Greenbean, anyone that you can think of as far as like a draft pick that has had such good success right out of the gates yeah Sheldon Richardson was another one uh he, he looked good. like he looked like he was gonna dominate the NFL um, mm-hmm. For years and years and years, I mean, he he look he was chasing guys down the sideline from the defensive tackle position. It was he was catching wide receiver. It was like he looked like an absolute freak. He ended up being a trouble, uh, troubled individual, uh, and got into a lot of stuff. So he's one. You mentioned Vilma Santana Moss had himself a pretty damn good uh, rookie campaign as well after he came back from the injury. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to think of, um, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with Rob Moore had a really good rookie campaign as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, sauce is way up there, man. Again, my, my fear is like, especially as jets fans, we like to all or nothing. We're super bowl or fucking fire them. Like that's where we, we live, right? So Sauce is the best in the world, you know, or he's going to be a complete bust if he has any issues. If he gives, he, if he has a, a two-game period where he, you know, he, he struggles, people are going to be saying he lost it, he's a mirage, you know, all that kind of shit's going to come up. So my whole thing is I just hope that he can continue. Like, that's what I want. Um, I get real excited just like everybody else for these guys. But I've watched it, man. I've seen it through the years. Marvin Jones had a good rookie uh, season, too. Um, and I remember, man, just like watching these guys. Mo Lewis, fucking defensive rookie of the year. How do I forget Mo? So, yeah, I've seen it. that's right, man. He was lights out his rookie year. So, I mean, yes, I've seen it before. Sauce is definitely among the top of the list. Like what he's doing is particularly good. But I've seen it before, and I've seen guys disappear. After it, a year, two years later, they're just gone. So that's my fear. I want to kind of temper it and just, you know, like Sala said, he knows he still has work to do, and I like hearing that. That's the character thing that I I really like what Joe Douglas is doing is he's bringing guys in who aren't punks. He's not, like, superseding the character for talent. He doesn't give a shit. If they're talented and they're a punk, he doesn't bring them in, and I Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and that bodes well for Sauce being one of the guys that actually continues to be what he is. 
Yeah, the the character of Sauce and the trajectory of where his career could go, like everything about him. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Like this guy's all about ball, and he's a leader in the locker room year one. Like you, this is. I I think this is a home run of a pick. I don't I don't know, you know where the future goes with him, but I I really think it's going to be somewhere special, and I'm hoping we're we're calling his name five years after he retires. Uh, Pump Up the Champ says, are we sending some sort of MSG uh, and being petty? Are we sending some sort of message and being petty to Elijah Moore at this point? The dude still uh, is still a stud. I've seen a handful of plays where he was open. So we had that comment from Zach Wilson. Let me find it real quick. Uh, where he's talking about, yes, here it is. All right, Elijah Moore, uh, Zach Wilson on Elijah Moore's lack of involvement. Quote, that's a tough one. I'd like to get Elijah Moore the ball, but for me, my situation, I'm going through my reads plus everything. That's more of a question for the coaches. Also, the situation in general is tough. I think with time, he's a great player. We're going to try and figure some stuff out and get him the ball. So right now, Elijah Moore has no targets through the, or no receptions through the last three games. That to me is Mike LaFleur. So, so you can go one or two routes. You can just say Mike LaFleur is being petty, which is what I think is going on. And I think all three of us agreed on uh, that to some sort of an extent at the halftime show this past week. But when I look at the talent in front of Elijah Moore, there's plenty of reason to say, okay, well, Garrett Wilson should get the ball before Moore. And, you know, Michael Carter should be a look. The tight ends, Conklin, should be a look. And if you're only having your quarterback go through two reads, three reads before he dumps it off or runs, I, I can understand Elijah Moore not getting a look, but at the same time through three games, not having like any plays run your direction and also having like the, <laughs> the runs around where he's running around the quarterback and the wide receiver. To me, when I'm watching that, I see, oh, I screwed up in practice in high school and they're making me run laps around the field, but this is on national TV and like your ass is going to pay penance right now. <laughs> like that That's the way I took it for Elijah Moore. So Matt, you think we're being petty right now or what's going on with Elijah Moore? Yeah, you know, I saw some people still online who are saying like, oh, Zach Wilson's just not looking his his way. Uh, I didn't see a single play in this game on Sunday where it looked like he was supposed to be the first read. Like, I just don't yeah. think they are using him or like getting any or putting in plays that have him as a focal point. I don't know what it is, but after the bye week, they, they need to get him involved because him just kind of being around here doesn't do anyone any favors. Green Bean, what about you? What do you think about Elijah Moore's usage? So let me, I agree with you guys, but I, I'm going, I think it's, uh, I think LaFleur is making a point. I, I, that's what I think. And let's see how Elijah Moore responds. If he plays good boy for a couple of weeks, maybe LaFleur goes, okay, you, I'm ready to put you back in. But talking Jets with Tigo is in the chat and he just said, Sala just said in a one-on-one -on -one interview with CBS today that, Moore is moving to the slot full-time moving forward. Ooh, I like that. So that's interesting. So that could kind of fold into what we're talking about. Like, look, man, Moore had himself a really positive week as far as his interviews. 
He was mm-hmm. joking. He was saying the right things. He was mm-hmm. running around as a decoy. He was getting double covered in some instances. So he was actually effective for the game plan. And uh, hey, man, now they're going to move him to the slot. And let's see, uh, coming out of the bye, if they're going to use him as our scalpel to slice and dice. What do you think? What I do there? You like that? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And and you brought up the, the kind of the body language and how he was talking after the game. He feels like he's been welcomed back into the fold. Like it's like a, a someone who just it's a brother who said something stupid. And it's like, all right, you know, we're going to give you shit for a week or two. Like, all right, get over here. Let me give you a noogie. That sort of thing. Uh, Matt. Oh, no. I already asked your thoughts on Elijah Moore. Sorry. Getting through this. Uh, Sam Atkins says, Connor is Ray Mickens of our offensive line. We need a draft. Um, I really want to draft a center, but I just don't know if that's a great, like I may want to groom him behind McGovern. It depends what McGovern wants. If he wants the moon, like go kick rocks, dude. Uh, Sky C says blown away. How resilient, violent and nasty. Our jets are playing. Imagine Joe Douglas having another draft next year, like this year. So that's where I'm sort of at an impasse. Like as much as I would love, I, if he, we could have drafts like this every single year, like green light, go hundred percent. But at the same time, when I'm looking at our first round pick, if we're going to be sitting somewhere around 20 or 22 and there's an opportunity to get Laramie Tunsil or a left tackle, like I would have spent the first round pick on one. If that's where their head's at, I'd rather not have the draft and go out and get proven players because I do think next year is our Super Bowl window. This is this is when it really actually opens. You get AVT back, you get Brees back, you have a full complement uh, of draft picks and free agents and everything. Everyone's bought on board at this point. So for me, I think, yeah, if we could have a draft like the last two years, like this, look, for this upcoming draft, it's only going to help us, but I'm cool with trading away draft picks for proven talent. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I, I think you're, well, we kind of talked about it uh, last draft where the Islanders had so many picks and we talked about mm-hmm. you have the capital to move up or trade for already established players because you have so many of these assets and uh, they did uh, trade up, but they traded back into the first round to get Jermaine Johnson. They traded back up for Brees Hall. This offseason, it absolutely might be time to use a, a draft pick to trade for an established player. We we saw the Jets do it in, in 2010 after mm-hmm. having a really nice run in 2009, exceeding a lot of people's expectations. And then they went out and, and they traded for someone like Santonio Holmes to really try to put their, this team over the top. And I, I like the aggressive play. I'm not saying, you know, you, you trade every pick and you take three guys, but I'm absolutely okay with uh, moving some draft capital. Greenbean, your thoughts on getting uh, proven players versus maybe drafting the same way we have the last two years? Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Matt brings up a great point. You know, like uh, if you're there, you know, rather than taking a guy that could potentially end up being a project need two years, like, look, even Quinnen Williams, right? He was considered the best player in the draft by many, many people. Uh, he was quoted, you know, as being elite coming out of college. It took him three years to really hit his stride, right? He was good. He was he was a good player for us, but he's, uh, you know, so it takes time. If you feel like the team is ready, and let's say you need an, uh, you know, a, a left tackle, you know, rather than taking a left tackle in the draft, and you see that a Tunsil is available for that first round pick, 
Yeah, it could make a lot of sense. That spooks me. I'm still of the mindset. Like, I just love my draft picks. You know what I mean? And because, mm. you know, we've been on the fucking this side of things for, I mean, it's going to take me a minute to get really on that side. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's the controllable sense. years, right? Like that, that's, that's fair. If you want to say, Hey, the controllable years, the four years of, of second through fourth, second through seventh round picks and the five years for a first round pick, th- there's an incredible value. If you can draft yeah. well, like the, the fact that you have a good GM right now, for me, if Zach doesn't work out, I'm giving Joe Douglas another crack at quarterback. Like I think he has been awesome as a GM. Oh yeah. Epic. Even if he, like even with his misses, it's like everybody's going to miss, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things uh we don't really like to factor in the people that I mean it's been quiet on the Joe Douglas front, but up until I mean 6 weeks ago, 5 weeks ago, there was a lot of heat still on Joe Douglas for his uh his wins and everything but we got to factor in like what's really been going on here and I think you know you got to remember the first year he wasn't even the boss he was equal with Adam Gase who preceded him he was here first and he, you know he had a whole different staff on top of that it was his first year on top of that it was covid you know what I mean mm-hmm. and uh you know on top of that he's doing a complete down to the studs teardown you know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot going on. What this guy has been able to do here has been unbelievable, man. And we're seeing it right now. Look at, just go to the Pepsi Rookie of the Week page and mm-hmm. look at all the winners. They're all Jets, except for week <laughs> one and week three. Every other week is us, okay? And again, yes, the fans vote for it, but we don't put the guys up there. And then, and we've also had a, uh, you know, a player of the month and all kinds of sh- this is what Joe Douglas has done is is nothing short of amazing. And I think this guy in charge for a decade, we're going to be one of the teams that are perennially, perennial, perennially good. Uh, City Burt drops in and says, is Tariq Woolen better than Sauce? So the, the three players that are kind of up for discussion in terms of defensive rookie of the year are going to be Tariq Woolen of Seattle, Sauce Gardner from the Jets, and Jack Jones of the Patriots. Jack Jones and Tariq Woolen provide a much better value in terms of where they were selected and the output that they're getting. Sauce Gardner is in the bigger market. I would say Woolen and Sauce are probably the two that are going to be going back and forth as far as Defensive Rookie of the Year because of their status on their playoff uh, trajectory, where Jack Jones, I feel like, I don't believe in New England. I think they are going to miss the playoffs. Um and I think that might be where he sort of drops off. So is Woolen better than Sauce? I don't think so. I think Sauce is is definitely better here. Red John says, not sure how old Matt and Ryan are, but have you guys ever watched The Monday Night Miracle? I know Bean has. I've watched it about 50 times. I'm 48. The Monday Night Miracle, Red John, I was at. <laughs> I yeah. saw that game live. <laughs> that was yeah. incredible. Absolutely awesome. We left, so I was, when we went to that game, I was in third or fourth grade. I was young, me and my dad. We wound up leaving that game at halftime. We were getting blown out. And my dad's like, you got school, like we gotta go back. 
So we're listening to the game the whole way home. We're like, oh man, we got a shot. This is what's happening. We were like an hour from the stadium and we get back home and my dad and I are jumping on the bed as we're like going into overtime and then friggin' we kicked the long field goal to win it. And like it, that was awesome. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Green Bean, how do you remember the Monday Night Miracle? Well, I, yeah, I stayed. And you know what, you know what's funny? Why I stayed? Not because I didn't want to leave. I wanted to leave because one of the guys I was with, one of my best buddies, who's still one of my best buddies, his name is Rob, and he's a diehard Miami fan, and he was with me, and I couldn't very well make him leave. You know what I mean? So he's watching his team win. So I sat there, and I ate it, and then it started. And it was it's literally my best number one Jets moment is being at that game watching the stadium empty out, refill back up during the comeback, and then watching Jumbo Elliott catch the touchdown. And just the way it happened, Lavernius Coles, Wayne Mm Krebet, it was amazing. And uh, we watched it. We've uh, recently watched it again in, in my Beanbaggers group with the classic watch parties. It's just the best. I love showing people that game who've never seen it. It's one of the best fourth quarters you'll ever watch. Yeah. It's magical. It really is. It's, it's yep. amazing. For me, Matt, you remember uh, the Monday Night Miracle? N- not at the time. Um, I've only seen it on on YouTube. So I was five in two thousand. I was a oh, ninety five baby. Uh. So really, uh, I think I've said the story on here before. But two thousand three is really when I got into it and knew what was going on. And then that two thousand four season with. Uh, the game against mm-hmm. San Diego and Eric Barton almost ripping out eight or nine year old Matt O'Leary's heart was really, really tough, but thank <laughs> God Doug Bryan saved it for a week. Um, yeah, I I've seen, I've seen the replay on, on YouTube and it's just, it's unbelievable. Unreal. So that, that game was one of the best games I've ever been at, but I think the Packer game before that 2002 playoff run before we thumped the Colts in that first round. That's my favorite game I think I ever went to just because we went into the stadium knowing we needed the Patriots to wind up winning uh, against the the Miami Dolphins to even have a shot to get into the playoffs to, you know, we had to beat Brett Favre and the Packers at this point. And then we find out that the Patriots go into overtime and the whole fan base in the, in the stands, no one's paying attention to the game. We're all focusing on... <laughs> <laughs> the other game and like the the kick goes up oh the patriots win the jets have a shot that's the game i think for me that like resonates yeah. as like my favorite game and it was just like it, the, the importance of it and like j- just the we didn't think it was a shot didn't had no shot going into the game it's just like oh we're just here for for kicks and giggles whatever it's crazy yeah I was, it's amazing i was drinking work. when that happened i was drinking at a bar called the rock bottom in west orange new jersey on main street i was absolutely hammered and when that happened when the patriots won i damn near lost it i almost got kicked out of the place because i was so (laughs) and i knew the owner he's a friend of mine and he literally said i lived above the place he literally said i'm gonna fucking kick you out of here you can't do that in here throwing chairs all that kind of stuff (laughs) (laughs) daniel fast faust says is frankie happy pregame uh, he gave us a 25% chance to win. Well, we have a 100% chance to win because we won. Uh, Citybird says, love how Revis turned punts, uh, returned punts early in his career. I don't even remember that. Or I like vaguely remember it. Like I, 
That's crazy because mm-hmm. cornerbacks are the guys you would normally have back there returning kicks. You're not going to risk like a, a top end wide receiver. It's a little crazy. Kind of cool. Uh, Chris says, what I say, laugh my ass off. Jets beat the Bills. Uh, Chris, <laughs> you're right. Jets beat the Bills. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Uh, New York Jeff says, Ryan, you're red. I'm worried about you. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a few brews. Uh, I'm chilling. I'll do it. <laughs> having a good old time over here. Uh, oh, geez. Ah, Euphoria. You're not even a super chat. Just says, Sauce plays ball and COD. Laugh my ass off. Yeah, I love it. Sauce, if you're watching and you want to play a game of COD, get at me. <laughs> uh, Goldilocks says, not sure if it's been said, but Mims has been great in the run game, especially on the last drive. F Brady Quinn, go Jets. In the coin, we trust. So Goldilocks is one of those guys that's hoping for a loss against the Patriots and the Bears, but I understand it because it's coming from a place of love. Uh, But yeah, Mims, talk about a resurgence, right? Like I want Elijah Moore to have the resurgence and the energy and the the buying in-ness of Mims when he comes Ooh. back and like is eventually like when that comes back around like Mims, we all loved him when he was drafted. We thought we got a steal when we got him and for him to maybe click and for Sal to say, Hey, this guy's going to start even when Corey Davis comes back, that sort of opens the door now of having maybe uh Garrett Wilson and Mims on the outside next year and Elijah Moore potentially on the inside, maybe, uh, depending on what happens with Corey Davis green bean. I want to hear your thoughts on Denzel Mims. Dude. Um, I really wish that he could have come down with one of those three difficult catches. Like they were crazy, mm-hmm. right? In particular, two of them were very, very difficult catches. But one of the things I like about him is traditionally he, he gets those, like he actually is able to do that. And I really wish I, I would love to see him slam the door on the big Mims question. Like, I just want to see it. Like he was laying people out in the running game. Like his blocking is, is, is really exceptional. And he had that clutch catch, uh, you know, two weeks in a row with, you know, really big impact. Uh, but there's still the question mark and all that stuff. And I, and I want to see him be more consistent, but I'm excited for Mims. I, I think that, you know, him getting this time to be a part of the team, I think it's going to be difficult to, you know, when Corey Davis comes back to push him off the roster for Jeff Smith, you know, back to the um, the uh, uh, the healthy scratch. Uh, I think he's done enough, but I would really love, like, you know, for if, if Corey Davis isn't back for the Patriots game, I'd really love to see Mims have like that defining game, even if mm-hmm. it's just three or four catches, just without any bullshit. Like there's always a little bit of bullshit around Mims. And I just I'd like to see that go. But I'm excited for him, man. And uh, and I believe in him. I think he's a, a fantastic receiver. I really do. Matt, your feelings on Mims. I'm happy for him. I, I really am. I thought he played really well against the Patriots. Uh, he was open a few more times and Zach didn't didn't see him or wasn't able to get him the ball. Um, and he blocked his ass off uh, on that. Again, I'm going to go back to that final big drive from uh, from the Jets. He was incredible in the run game. And then Zach trusts him and comes through it was a beautiful throw and a beautiful catch and uh, the jets don't really have anyone who can go up and high point the football like mims can 
for me, it was always a, a thing if it was uh, going to mentally click for him. And, you know, it, it's been really good. I'm happy for him. Stifler's mom comes in and says, I think more has been in the doghouse. I don't know. Just me uh, has always been in the doghouse. I don't know. It's just me. Look, I think there's a reason why he probably fell to the second round. Um, and it seems like there were videos that came out like the Elijah Moore putting his helmet on the ground or throwing his helmet and AVT coming up and saying, Hey brother, we don't do that. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. I think inside there were probably a little bit of rumblings. Like this probably isn't that shocking to them. They see the guy all the time where it's a little more jarring from us because we are on the outside of the PR bubble and like our hopes and dreams as a fan base. So uh, it's possible more has been in the doghouse, but he was seen it, like they, they did target him a lot those first few games. So it is it's it's goofy uh, what's going on right now. Uh, Chris says we sit at 26 right now. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, draft pick wise? 26. Yeah, yeah it's draft. draft pick. It is. No shit. It, you, the only reason I know that is because I saw someone else tweet it like maybe three hours ago. And I yeah. was thinking in my head, I would have had no idea the Jets were picked 26 unless I just saw this on Twitter right now. Dude, um, no clue. Yeah. And I love it. I know so little it's about great. the NFL draft right now. It's the best feeling in the world. Dude, I, I was right? thinking about that's so funny. It's the truth. I don't even know. People bring it up and I'm like, ah, I don't give a shit about the draft. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I have people reach new. out to me and they're like, what do you think about the draft? Where do you think the Jets go? And I'm like, I, dude, I don't care. Like, I'm not there yet. Like, I'll, I'll look at it when I look at it. I actually, I looked it up the other day. I was on Tankathon because I was looking up how many uh, teams had multiple picks in the first 10 picks because the Texans do. There's a few teams that have multiple first round picks, but, uh, I just assumed because of where we were at with like the first wild card, I just assumed we were right around pick 20 or 22 being at pick 26 makes it feel a little more real. It's kind of nice. Uh, Scuttlebuttle comes and says, I was there Sunday. Jets have to stop blasting music while fireman Ed is trying to quiet the crowd before the jets chant totally I ruins know, the dude. vibe. Right. We got to get this together. Like they're really off. Number one, they put fucking three people on the damn screen yeah. at this game. Yes. It makes zero sense. Okay. Figure Good it one. out. It's fireman Ed. Get Jetman with all due respect to Jetman and whoever the hell the third guy is. It's if fireman Ed's there, you're off. Okay. You're mm -hmm. B team. You're second string. Nothing, nothing wrong with being second string. I wish I was second string. I'll happily be second string. If fireman Ed gets sick, I do the chant. I'd love it right until then get the hell out of here get off the screen and right dude shut the music off like what is, i'm i'm hearing that a lot like this this season mm -hmm. in particular is even worse than usual it's almost like they're just there's no connection there's a complete disregard of the most important thing that the fans do is that unifying oh, that unifying jets chant uh-oh <laughs> i is falling apart Holy I miss shit. what they used to do with the uh, calling of names of the opposing team. They used to call out and be like, uh, number 12 of the New England Patriots, Tom Brady. And then the Jet fans would be like, sucks. Now it's like, and introducing the New England Patriots. Here they all come. And then it's like all of them run out at once. It's like, oh, come on. I just want to yell at people and say sucks after each one of their names. Like, come yeah. on, let, get, let the fans get involved. Fire us up. Yeah, I liked I like unifying. Like I like the fan involvement. You know, mm -hmm. it was really cool. Did you see like there it was on Instagram and Twitter. 
they pulled off a really good let's go Jets chant, which is very difficult to do because they mm. have that graphic and it's like, let's go Jets. And it's like this, it's like just, yeah. it doesn't work. It's so stupid. But somehow they figured out. So I love when the fans can do that. Like I really do sincerely enjoy when the whole entire stadium is doing the same thing at once. And that Jets chant is the one thing that anybody can say, let's go. Let's go, mm -hmm. Bears. Let's go, Chiefs. Like, anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. The Jets chant is ours. They mm -hmm. should prioritize that shit, you know, and make it so it's there. there's no confusion. Three guys on the screen. Who is in charge of this? Really? You know? Who, how can that yeah, Woody on the horn. Work? Yeah, what the hell? This is ridiculous. The, I've been to one jet game where we had one good solid wave go around the, the stadium. Like, I wish you could get that. You can't get everyone on the same page. Oh, fuck the but wave. The jet no, fuck the wave. Oh, dude, Why I love the wave. wave? It's the no, it's the worst. What do you mean Watch it's the, the worst? Game. It's because you're a baseball fan and you got half a fucking wave. What the hell are you talking about? No, Why don't you the, like no. the wave? What? Matt hates the oh, wave. Wait a minute. I hate What's the wave. I will die on this hill. The wave, you are there <laughs> Let's to go. watch... The baseball, football, whatever event, I don't need to stand up out of my chair. It'll be like, it's the seventh inning. It's like a two-strike count. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's get up and do the wave in the biggest at bat of the fucking game. Give me a oh, well, Okay, well, that's, that's just the Mets being stupid. I'm sorry. The wave is no. cool. <laughs> I love Matt's the wave. A, Matt was a part of a wave that was very poorly timed, it sounds like. That's that exactly what it is. I don't blame Matt. I blame the schmuck no. that started it. <laughs> That's what it is. I hate kill all waves. Dude, the last <laughs> wave I was at, listen to this. The last wave I was ever a part of was at Giant Stadium with Guns N' Roses opening. You know the Paradise City video when they're live in that I was at oh, that yeah. show. Oh, yeah. That particular show that they filmed that video opening for Billy Squire who opened for Aerosmith on the Pleasant Dreams tour, like the real, I think it was Pleasant, something like that. So that was the last time that I saw a wave. No, no, wait, was it Billy Squire? Or maybe it was Deep Purple. I think it was Deep Purple, actually. One or the other. I'm fucking frying out all of a sudden on you guys. But that was that's how long it's been since I've actually been a part of a wave. That's how rare it is in my life. All right, so I've I've had to like throw up a, a poll. I've had to throw up a wave. Do you like the wave? It's there's a poll in the live chat. We've got over 700 people in here. Someone, all of you, Can, vote you like on going this. To I need to know. I need to know if I'm like, am I the shit? angry guy yelling at clouds? Have I become like the okay boomer of my generation right now because I like the wave? I'm upset. Yeah. No, yeah. just say you like distractions. You, you like to go to the game for other things other than the, the football. There's, there's like, what, 12 <laughs> minutes of actual fucking football play during a football game. I love the wave during a football game. I'm, I'm just That's not fun. I'm not a I'm not a simpleton who needs to be entertained. I love being a simpleton. Day. <laughs> I can be a simpleton all damn day. Screw all you guys. Oh, Leary. I hate you. Oh, my God. This JK comes in, says my son's name is going to change. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. I probably should have looked that up as soon as it happened. I'm sorry. No, he has a he has some sort of bet with his wife. I forgive me. I forget what it actually is, but he has to change his name if something happens with a win total with the Jets. Oh my God! I hope it happens. Appearance. Yeah, something like that. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Uh, Chris Prada says, originally from Morristown, New Jersey, now in San Diego, was in the Navy. Big fan. Uh, big fan group in San Diego. 
You guys right. are more than welcome. Let's fucking go, Jets. I've never been to San Diego. Would love to go out there. Been there a few times. Uh, you know what? When I was traveling, you guys remember when I, I actually ran into Ryan in Sedona, and mm -hmm. I was heading to San Diego, and I had contacted the San Diego Jets fan club. I was going to do a live on location like I did last week at the Virginia Jets fan club. I was going to do it at the San Diego fan club. Uh, but then I decided to, uh, instead of continuing, I decided to end the whole road trip and come home, or come back, fucking buy a house. So that's how things happen. But uh, yeah, Chris, I heard that San Diego Jets fans club is one of the best in the entire country, I heard. So that's pretty cool, man. Pretty good group that out there. Is badass. Uh, Green Bean, guys, if you want to vote, uh, or if you guys want to hit the like button for every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier like right now. So hit that like button. Green Bean's going to pick a few qualifiers. Matt, I'm going to ask you to go to last week's uh, live stream. Let's pull up some qualifiers from there. Uh, I'm going to fire off our last few comments as we do that. We're going to do some odds or evens and someone's going to win a t-shirt. Uh, Richard Delgado says Ryan Fitzpatrick is greater than Zach Wilson, but sauce though. Fire emoji. Uh, I, Ryan Fitzpatrick's been in the league for like 15 years. Like if, if Zach Wilson can do that, that's a successful career. But I, yeah. Zach Wilson's ceiling is so much higher than, than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah. Iowan Jet fan says, I just want to hear you say Brady Queef. Ha. <laughs> there it is. You said it. He, he's been trying to get me to say it since yesterday. And I got halfway oh. through his comments and it happened. Uh, Denzel. Thank you for the super chat says, don't forget fireman Ed gave up on us. Does Zach need more weapons to progress in the passing game? I don't no, think didn't. he needs more weapons. I think we got plenty of weapons right now and I'm fine with fireman Ed leaving. I think when he left, we were so full of bullshit. I'm totally on board with this. Yep. And I didn't go to games for a little bit because of how pissed off I was at the Jets. So I have no uh, ill feelings towards fireman Ed whatsoever. Right. Uh, the real story too, is that jets fans were literally attacking him in the because, of that. because he wore a Sanchez Jersey. That's, That's what ridiculous. it was. Yeah. He said, fuck this. I don't need to do this. No, hundred percent. He didn't abandon us. He got tired of it. King choice says, can we tell Garrett Wilson to stop dropping to his knees when he's about to get tackled, please. It's an injury waiting to happen. I'm shocked we haven't gotten a flag on one of these at some point because Garrett Wilson has given his himself up at least two times that mm. I can remember in the last two games, and he's been like picked up and thrown down, like clearly after he has given up the ball. So it's it's something that I've been super frustrated with, uh, and I've been paying attention to it. I have been paying attention to it, King Choice, uh, as well. City Burt says, "All gas, no break, or play like a jet." Um, all gas, no break is looking pretty good right now. So I'm going to keep yeah. that until we, uh, until we shit the bed. What do you think? Green Bean? All right. Well, play like a jet was Rex Ryan's. He's not here. It's all gas, no break. You got to buy in, man. We can't have a house divided. CD Absolutely. Burt. Only positive vibes. hundred yeah. percent. Uh, Sam Atkins says Bryce Hall is a beast. Which other jets do you see making the leap in the second half. Uh, well, Bryce Hall hasn't played at all this year except for the first game of the season, so I'm not sure what you're talking about in terms of him, but uh, other players making the leap, I think it's Zach. I think Zach is going to make the leap this part of the season, and I think 
uh, Garrett Wilson will really click even more because Zach is making that leap as well. Um, Matt, you got five qualifiers for us? I can. I can give you some. All right. Fire away. Green Bean, you ready? No. Hold on. I'm waiting for one more. Thing. I, see, okay. I knew he wasn't ready. We yeah, got ah, way to go. Way to go. Okay, I'm ready. Nomadic Guitar. That is a great name. It is. Havana SCP. Okay. We'll do Paul Vela, V-E-L-L-A. Okay. Ian Balding. <laughs> and we'll do... Hang on, I got to scroll down a little bit more. Hulk smash your mom. There Love you it. All right, Green Bean, I got a few for you. Uh, let's go... Kenneth Duffy. Uh, Big Nader 88. All right. Um, Nick Dalbora. How do you spell it? Dal, D-A-L, Bora? D-A-L-B-O-R-A. Okay. Uh, let's go Trenton, T-R-E-N-T-O-N. And let's go Zach Hunko, H-U-N-K-O. All right, let's do this thing. All right, boys and girls, some odds are evens. Three, two, one. That's a six. All right, Jets forever, you're out. And that's for your Bryce uh, Hall slander. Uh, Zachary Burner, you're <laughs> out. Take Flight is gone. Hank G, uh, you're out, buddy. Uh, Jingle Dubs, see you later. Uh, D. Jones, B. Trav, you're out. Uh, Havana SCP is gone. Ian the Balding is gone. Kenneth Duffy is out. Nick Dalboro and Zach Hunko are all off the list. Mm. Three, two, one. That's ten. Ten. Romani AD, you lose. Seth Castro is out. New York Jets fan four is also out. Nomadic Guitar is gone. Hulk Smash, your mom, sadly to say, is out. And Trenton. It's so funny. Just the word Trenton makes me want Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. It's weird. <laughs> but he's out. Down there, <laughs> it would be pork roll, egg, and cheese. Uh, three, yeah. two, one. Six. Six is the number. How many more we got All left? Even today. Interesting. Uh, well, let's see. We got Scott V is gone. 1189 Paris is out. And Big Nader is gone. We're down to three. All right, chat. Give us a number. Not some guy because he did it before I said it. Three, two, one. That's an eight plus a three. That's 11. Odds. All right. Okay. This gets us the winner. King Blaze is gone. Paul Vela is gone. James D. You've been very active in the chat tonight and you win the t shirt. So there you go, James I D. I love it. Absolutely love it. Boys and girls, thank Ooh. you so much for hanging out with us. James D. Reach out to me on one of my social media platforms. Let me get your information so I can send you a shirt of your choosing. Boys and girls, we have reached the end of our stream. 
So I want to go around our panel and give our closing thoughts. Green Bean, any last words for our viewers? Uh, I'm teetering back and forth on whether or not I'm going to do a, a an after hours Jets Fest. I'm probably 55 going to do it. It's 45 not, so I can't answer. But if you uh, hang out, check check in at 1030 on my channel, see if I'm there. Matt, any last words for our panel? New episode of Just Jets tomorrow. We are talking a uh, State of the Union on the New York Jets heading into the bye week. Things we love to see. I love it. I love it. Boys and girls, thank you so much for flying with us tonight. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-A!